your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 256 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Today, we're going to be talking a little bit about the World Juniors that are obviously upcoming. They are going to begin on Christmas with a slate of three games on that day, including the United States. Speaking of the United States, they played their first game, although it doesn't count. It was just a warm-up game against Finland last night, but nevertheless, still very exciting to see some hockey. You know, it's been a while. It's been a couple of months here. Always good to get the sights, the sounds of hockey, and getting a chance to see a couple of Ranger prospects at the same time. The United States, of course, posted a 3-2 win against Finland, and like I said, they will get going on Christmas evening in their first preliminary game for the World Juniors. And the other thing I want to do today, this is going to take up most of the episode. We're going to get back into our best and worst case scenarios for every single player on the New York Rangers. If you guys have been following along, you know that we've already uh, covered all six Ranger defensemen who I believe will be active on opening night. We then moved on to the first line of Chris Kreider, Mika Zibanejad, and Pavel Buchnevich in our most recent episode. And tonight, we're going to move into what I think is going to be the Rangers' second line. And no surprises here, I believe the Rangers' second line to open the season will be Artemi Panarin, Ryan Strom, and Capo Caco. With Panarin and Strom, I see no reason to break the two of them up. They were fantastic together last year. And uh, with Jesper Foss, obviously, no longer on the team, I think it only makes sense to move Capo Caco up and kind of take the training wheels off and see what he can do uh, in a top six forward, playing on the same line as Artemi Panarin and Ryan Strom going forward into this season. At least that's how I think they will start the season. We'll see if they make any adjustments as the season progresses. But let's go ahead, start with Artemi Panarin. And as always, we're going to take a look at the worst-case scenarios first and then end with the best-case scenarios for every single one of these players. Always good to be glass half-full and uh, you know, kind of conclude the discussion about all these players feeling good about where they are and, and where they're heading in their NHL career here. But with Artemi Panarin, worst-case scenario, I mean, there's... <laughs> How bad could it possibly get with Artemi Panarin, right? You guys saw what he did last season, uh, just exploded onto the scene in his first season as a New York Ranger. He was under a lot of pressure, definitely under the microscope, didn't let it bother him at all, really exceeded all expectations, which is hard to do when you've got a contract as big as Artemi Panarin's. But what can be said? I mean, the guy was phenomenal, and he did it all while playing with Ryan Strom, who was thought of as basically just a run-of-the-mill third-line center, and Jesper Foss, who I love Jesper Foss, but mostly a defensive forward, not somebody who's really going to contribute all that much in the point department. For Panarin, in an absolute worst-case scenario, I would say maybe he falls back to the middle of the pack of elite players in this league. And what I mean by that is, well, first of all, elite player. I mean, that's kind of a vague term. Different people have different criteria as far as how many truly elite players there are in the NHL or whatever other sport it might be. Uh, you might think there's only five or six elite players in the NHL. You might think there's 30. For the purposes of this, let's say there's 15 truly elite players in the NHL. I think he falls back down to the middle of that pack in a worst-case scenario and is still the seventh, the eighth, the ninth best player in the league somewhere in that area. It is something that could conceivably happen where Panarin sort of regresses back to his career mean and mind you, his career mean is still incredibly impressive, especially for somebody who went undrafted. I mean, I can't make a big enough deal about that. It's just mind-blowing that seven rounds of the NHL draft went by, and basically every team in the NHL passed on Artemi Panarin seven 
different times. It, it really is crazy to think about. But it is also important to note that this past season was definitely Artemi Panarin's best season. And again, he was a fantastic player even before that. But you take a look at what Panarin did last season versus his other years in the league, his first four seasons in the league. And again, that was two seasons with the Chicago Blackhawks, two seasons with the Columbus Blue Jackets. Artemi Panarin had 320 points in 322 games. So basically a point per game. I think we can call it that. But then this past season with the Rangers, a ridiculous 95 points in 29 games, 32 goals and 63 assists. So is it possible that, you know, at least from a scoring perspective, we just saw the best season of Artemi Panarin's career? Yes, I think we have to concede that it is at least impossible when you consider the fact that he was just on a whole nother level last season. A finalist for the MVP award, a finalist for the Ted Lindsay award. So maybe he doesn't quite get back to that level, although I certainly would not bet against Artemi Panarin based on everything that we've seen in his career and everything that we saw from him last season in his first season as a New York Ranger when expectations were just through the ceiling. Obviously, he didn't let it bother him and, and just turned out uh, an incredible campaign. It's also possible, and this would be more on Ryan Strom than it would be on Artemi Panarin, but it's possible that he can't quite elevate Ryan Strom to the level that he got him to this past season. Uh, as you all know, Artemi Panarin predominantly played with Ryan Strom on that second line last season. Certainly, Strom looked like he was going to have a solid career and stay in the league for a pretty long time, but somebody who could eventually turn into a journeyman, it's at least possible that Artemi Panarin can't get that kind of magic out of Ryan Strom the way he did this past season going forward. I still think he will. When you watch them play together, their chemistry was very real and very palpable, but it's at least possible that Artemi Panarin can't quite pull that much production out of Ryan Strom, uh, you know, for this upcoming season and the season beyond that. And maybe the season beyond that, if Ryan Strom is still a Ranger. But we'll see. We will see what happens there. It's a worst-case scenario for Artemi Panarin. So by the very nature of this, I really have to stretch a little bit to, to find anything. But as far as a best-case scenario, best case, Artemi Panarin tops what he did this past season and ends up winning the Hart Trophy for MVP. I still say Artemi Panarin should have been the league MVP this past season. I will die on that hill. I will I will concede the Ted Lindsay Award to Leon Dreisaitl just because there was a pretty significant point difference between Dreisaitl and Artemi Panarin. Dreisaitl led the league with 110 points. Panarin had 95 points. So 15-point lead there, yeah, I'm fine with giving it to Dreisaitl, especially when you consider that the Ted Lindsay Award goes to the best player in the league. Not necessarily the most valuable, just the best, and there is an important distinction there. The reason I think Artemi Panarin should have won the MVP for most valuable player is because look what he did with the Rangers. Look how many guys had career seasons just to being in contact with Artemi Panarin. Ryan Strom, career season. Jesper Foss, career season. Even Tony D'Angelo. I realize they're not always out there together on the ice at the same time, but Tony D'Angelo, an incredible breakout season, and that was due in part to frequently linking up with Artemi Panarin. But yeah, I mean, who's to say that Artemi Panarin can't do better than his 95 points last season? Or, well, at least the prorated version of his 95 points, whatever that would be in a 56-game regular season. I, I don't know. I don't think he's going to get to 95 points in 56 games. I won't completely rule it out, but you're getting to almost two points per game on an average there. Nobody does that. So, yeah, I don't think that'll happen. But could Panarin's point per game total be better than what it was this past season? Yeah, I, I think it's definitely at least possible, especially when you consider that he's now going to be playing most likely with Capo Caco. And I know Caco struggled last year, but he's got far more long-term offensive upside than somebody like Jesper Foss. So it's it's definitely possible. Maybe Panarin gets even more comfortable in his second year in New York. Maybe him and Ryan Strom take their chemistry to a whole other level. You got to remember, he was playing with all these guys for the first time last season. So 
yeah, sky's the limit for Artemi Panarin. I think it's at least possible, certainly in a best-case scenario, that he wins the MVP and has even more points per game this season than he had last season. And another aspect of Panarin's best-case scenario is that he takes some of the pressure off of guys like Capo Caco and Alexi Lafreniere. They're both very young. Expectations are sky-high for each of them. But when Artemi Panarin is going out there and just putting on a show every night the way he did this past season, you might be able to overlook the fact that maybe Capo Caco is not quite playing up to par. Maybe Alexi Lafreniere is in a little bit of a slump. I just think the way that Artemi Panarin has really established himself right away as a superstar and kind of getting to be the face of the New York Ranger franchise, I think that just takes a little bit of pressure off of guys like Capo Caco, off of guys like Alexi Lafreniere. And you can go right down the line. I mean, guys like Philip Heedle, guys like Brett Howden, guys that we're expecting a little bit more out of. I think as long as Artemi Panarin continues to kind of be the face of this Ranger franchise and continues to just light up the score sheet night after night after night, I don't think there's going to be quite as much pressure on young players like Kako, like Alexi Lafreniere. Also, in a best-case scenario, Artemi Panarin begins to launch Capo Caco towards superstardom in this league. He really helps Caco kind of find his game, get more comfortable, puts a couple of passes right on the tape, sets Capo Caco up for some easy goals. I really think playing with Artemi Panarin for an entire season, or at least a 56-game regular season, is going to work wonders for Capo Caco. And we've seen with Artemi Panarin, he is plenty, plenty capable of elevating the game of those guys around him. We just mentioned Strom, we just mentioned Jesper Foss, we just mentioned Tony D'Angelo. He had a profound impact on all those players. And and none of them are quite as skilled as Capo Caco. So I think uh, in a best-case scenario, Artemi Panarin really helps Capo Caco along in his development this upcoming season. It's going to be fun to watch. I'm definitely looking forward to seeing the two of them on the same line uh, for most of the upcoming season. I mean, I would think that's the plan going in. I don't know who else is going to play the right wing on the second line if not Capo Caco. So I think uh, Artemi Panarin can really elevate Capo Caco a little bit going forward this season. You know what? Let's take it a step further. Can Artemi Panarin get a career season out of somebody that we're not even thinking about right now? You know, somebody like Julian Gauthier or somebody like Philip Heedle, somebody like Brett Howden, somebody who, you know, maybe hasn't quite reached their potential with the Rangers, somebody who's not even expected to open up this season on the same line as Artemi Panarin. Maybe there's somebody there, a diamond in the rough, somebody that can really benefit from being around Artemi Panarin a little bit. And again, you know, guys like Gautier, guys like Filipino, guys like Brett Howden, very, very unlikely that they're going to start this upcoming season on the same line as Artemi Panarin. But you never know what can happen during the course of a regular season. Guys overperform, guys underperform. Sometimes maybe the whole team is in a slump, and that's when you get David Quinn, you know, he'll, he'll shuffle the lines a little bit, just shuffle the deck. There's going to be an instance at some point next season where somebody that we're not really thinking of is going to get at least something of an opportunity to play with Artemi Panarin. And can Artemi Panarin uh, pull those guys up a whole nother level? Can he help them reach their potential? And as phenomenal of a player as Artemi Panarin is in and of himself, that has a chance to be his greatest asset to this team, getting the most out of his teammates. And as tempting as it is to see Artemi Panarin play on the same line as Mika Zibanejad, and believe me, it is tempting because the two of them can work magic out there together. We saw them play together uh, in spurts last season. There was an instance in the second game of the season, they were playing the Senators, and there were just three lightning quick passes between Panarin and Zibanejad and Buchnevich, and Zibanejad ends up scoring from the doorstep. It was just absolutely ridiculous. And it is tempting to see more of that by putting Panarin and Zibanejad out there together. But this is why I've campaigned so hard against it. Mika Zibanejad does not need to play with Artemi Panarin. Artemi Panarin does not need to play with Mika Zibanejad, but there are guys on this team, a lot of young players, who can really stand to benefit from playing with one or the other, and we saw it last season. We saw it with guys, you know, even Pavel Buchnevich had a career-best season playing with Mika Zibanejad, and then, of course, Stroman Foss, career seasons playing with Artemi Panarin, and now this season... Panarin has a chance to keep Strom at the same level that he played at last season, and he's also got a chance to elevate Capo Caco to untold heights going forward here. So 
definitely looking forward to seeing what Artemi Panarin can do as an encore here as he enters year two with the New York Rangers. Just wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Go. Built Go will help you break through your wall. It is the healthy replacement for your energy drink, but the energy is not fake. It's lasting and natural. And I can tell you from experience, it's a fantastic product to use before playing baseball, tennis, or even frisbee golf. Built Go comes to us all from the same people who brought us the world's fastest growing protein bar, Built Bar. It will help you break through your wall. Whether it's a mental or physical wall, break through it every day with Go. It's easy to take in one and a half ounce packages, put it in your briefcase for the most focused presentation ever, your golf bag to power through the back nine, or put it in your pocket to get through the day. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market, plus it's natural, so it's better for the body. It comes in three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate coconut, and chocolate mint. How does Built Go work so well? Built Go combines energy gel with collagen protein. Collagen protein is fast absorbing, so it gets into my system fast. Plus, it's easy on the stomach. Visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED, and you'll get 30% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED for 30% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. All right, we're going to get back to best case and worst case scenarios for the remaining members of the Rangers' second line in just a second here. But first, just want to give you guys a little bit of an idea of what to expect going forward here on the Locked on New York Rangers podcast. Obviously, we're going to complete this exercise in due time. We're going to be talking more about the best case and worst case scenarios for the rest of the Ranger forwards as well as the Ranger goalies. And then we might even expand it to guys who I don't think will be on the opening night roster, but who might eventually end up uh, suiting up for the Rangers at some point this season. So we got that to look forward to. We'll also keep our eye on Henrik Lundqvist, see if there are any other developments there. And of course, all our best wishes go out to the King. And I'm definitely going to look to line up a few more guests for you guys as well. We were fortunate enough to have uh, former Ranger defenseman Tom Laidlaw and Jason Strudwick on the show not too long ago. Definitely go back and check out those episodes if you missed them. Uh, we talked about a whole wide range of topics, including uh, Tom Laidlaw's appearance on Survivor, a couple of fights that Tom Laidlaw was in, a couple of fights that Jason Strudwick was in. We talked about, you know, Jason Strudwick being teammates with Henrik Lundqvist when Lundqvist was a rookie in that crazy 15-round shootout against the Caps. And with both of them, we talked about the current group of Ranger players. So definitely go back and check out those episodes if you've not done so already. But yeah, let's go ahead and get back into this best case, worst case scenario thing that we're doing here. Uh, Ryan Strom, I believe he will be the second line center. I see no reason to mess with success there. I suppose in a worst case scenario, this one's pretty obvious. He would just basically regress to his career averages. And that's not to say he's this lousy player. He can't contribute at all. But basically, before last season, if you asked me about Ryan Strom, and I'm sure a lot of you would agree here, I would have just said... You know, he's a run-of-the-mill third-line center. He can play the second line in a pinch, but somebody who has a limited ceiling, uh, not really a breakout candidate at this point in his career. And I was wrong, and anybody who shared those sentiments with me, you were wrong as well, because Ryan Strom uh, basically just defied all expectations last season. Now, of course, a lot of that had to do with playing with Artemi Panarin. Strom ends up scoring 18 goals and picking up 41 assists for a career-best 59 points, just smashes career highs across the board there. And it really did come out of nowhere because Strom, you know, this wasn't his second or third year in the league. He's been around for a little while. He spent four years with the New York Islanders, a season and a half with the Oilers, and then the last season and a half with the New York Rangers. Uh, his second year in the league with the Islanders is really the only season that even came close to this past year. He had 17 goals and 33 assists for 50 points in 81 games with the Islanders that year. But even that, I mean, it really pales in comparison to what he did this past season with the Rangers. With all that said, is it possible that he regresses and just doesn't quite click with Panarin the same way that he did this past season? I think we have 
have to acknowledge that it's at least possible, especially when you look at Ryan Strom's career track record, which until last season would lead you to believe that he's just basically a third-line center. I suppose in the worst-case scenario for Ryan Strom, maybe Philip Hedl uh, makes a run at that second-line job and Ryan Strom slides down the depth chart to the third line. I think that would really hurt Strom's value to not be playing with Artemi Panarin. Certainly, anybody you take Artemi Panarin away, their production's going to go down at least a little bit. Something else that could happen in a worst-case scenario for Ryan Strom is that penalties continue to be an issue. And I'm sorry, but 48 penalty minutes in 70 games is just too many penalty minutes for somebody like Ryan Strom. It's not like he's out there fighting every night and the penalty minutes are adding up because he's always dropping the gloves. Uh, and it was even worse the season before because the season before last year, Strom had 64 penalty minutes in just 81 games split between the Rangers and the Oilers. Look, penalties are going to happen. Nobody's going to go through an entire NHL regular season without taking a penalty or two, but he's got to get that under control, especially when you consider that he's not really known for playing this ultra-physical game. I think sometimes he just gets a little sloppy, just trips somebody, hooks somebody down. He's got to get that under control a little bit. And that goes double when you consider that the penalty kill is an area where the Rangers struggled last season. It's not like they have an elite penalty-killing unit and, you know, the peak they're just going to pick him up if he goes to the penalty box. No, I mean, that can really hurt the Rangers if he's taking that many penalties. So I really think he's got to get that under control a little bit going into this upcoming season. We'll see if he can. But in a worst-case scenario, that continues to be a problem for Strom. In a best-case scenario, Strom basically just picks up right where he left off with Artemi Panarin. He shows that last year was no fluke. The two of them continue to set up for beautiful goal after beautiful goal after beautiful goal. And Strom, again, he proves his new contract was money well spent for the New York Rangers. Because if you would have told me going into this last season that the Rangers would not only keep Ryan Strom, but they would give him a two-year deal worth a total of $9 million, I would have told you you were nuts. I don't. I didn't see any way that that could possibly happen because it was getting to the point where Strom was looking like he was just going to be a journeyman-type player where he would just kind of bounce around the league a little bit. Not somebody who's going to kill you by being in the lineup. You know, he's a solid player, but not somebody who has any real considerable upside. And he showed us all by smashing his career numbers last season and just having a great season with Artemi Panarin. Yes, being on the same line as Artemi Panarin helps, but Ryan Strom pulled his own weight out there as well. In a best-case scenario, Strom just continues to hold it down on the second line night after night next season, and that's where you pencil him in every night, and you just don't give it a second thought. You just pencil Ryan Strom into the lineup, centering Artemi Panarin and Capo Caco, and you just let them go out there and do their thing. And in a best-case scenario, I think Strom has a career season for the second year in a row. I think that's something that's definitely within reach and possibly even likely because Artemi Panarin is still going to be there. It'll be their second season as line mates. So you got to figure the chemistry would only grow, if anything. And the other thing working in Strom's favor is he's now got Capo Caco on the second line, and I think a lot of us are looking for Caco to take a big step forward. Again, no disrespect to Jesper Foss. I thought he did a great job, took advantage of an opportunity to play in a top-six role with the Rangers last season, but he's not a prototypical top-six right winger. I mean, he's somebody who's kind of a defensive-minded forward, and certainly you got to acknowledge that Capo Caco has far more offensive long-term upside than Jesper Foss. So Strom... He's right back where he was last season, and I think he has an opportunity to take another step forward. I don't know that he's ever going to be an all-star type player, but he has a chance to be a very, very solid contributor for the Rangers throughout the duration of this two-year contract. One other area where Strom could improve in a best-case scenario, face-offs. He steps up on the face-offs. This is an area where the Rangers really struggled last season. They didn't have a single center at 50%. 
They lost faceoffs in crucial moments, and you saw that in the playoff series against the Carolina Hurricanes. Keep in mind, that series against the Canes only lasted three games, and yet there were at least two instances where the Canes won an offensive zone draw and then immediately scored. And if you've got centers who you feel good about, it can neutralize those opportunities because if you're winning those faceoffs, then you're not allowing those scoring chances to even develop. And to be fair, that's an area where he has quietly improved over his career in the NHL. For his career in this league, Strom is at 45.9% on faceoffs. It's not a small sample size. 3,614 faceoffs is definitely a healthy amount. However, Strom has gotten better. He took 1,044 faceoffs last season. That was a career high, and he won 496 of them. That is a success rate of 48%, so a bit better than his career 45.9% mark. And in fact, Strom has been at exactly 48% in each of the past two seasons, which is the best rate that he's ever had in his career. Can he get to 50% this season? I would love to see it because like I said, the Rangers have to improve as a team in that department. They have to get better on the faceoffs. If you're in a playoff game and you've got a one goal lead and there's 45 seconds left and there's about to be a faceoff in your zone, you as a team have to have at least one center, somebody who you feel like has a better than 50-50% chance of going out there and winning the faceoff. And hopefully Strom can be that guy. I would love to see him get up to, you know, at least 50% success rate for this upcoming season. Wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Bet Online. Are we ready for some football? College football heads into bowl season, and there are some big matchups this weekend. The NFL regular season is finishing up with the playoff picture becoming clearer, and there is only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust. BetOnline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Visit our good friends and exclusive partner by going on Twitter and going to at betonline underscore AG to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and use promo code LOCKEDON for your sign-up bonus. Once again, that is promo code LOCKEDON in all caps, and you will get your sign-up bonus. Hashtag BetOnline. All right, two down, one to go. We've got Capo Caco as the last remaining member of what I believe will be the opening night second line. He, of course, will play the right wing. Worst case scenario for Capo Caco, you know, we all know he had a bit of an underwhelming season as a rookie this past year, 10 goals and 13 assists. I think it's a pretty safe assumption that he will improve upon those marks, but in a worst case scenario, I think the improvement is very modest. I do think Caco was a little bit snake bit last season. You look at two of his best games, One was against the Pittsburgh Penguins on November 12th. And in that game, he scored two goals, which included the overtime game winner. That capped off a stretch where he had five goals and an assist in seven games. So he was starting to get it going a little bit. Unfortunately, he suffered an injury, had to miss the next week. And, you know, obviously he didn't miss a ton of time, but that can throw you out of your rhythm a little bit. So just when it looked like Kaka was starting to get it going a little bit, uh, unfortunately he had to miss a week. And then in the Rangers' second to last game of the regular season on March 10th, Kako scored a pair of goals against the Dallas Stars. Of course, the regular season was then paused and ultimately canceled. So you get the idea, uh, you know, every time it looked like Kako was maybe about to spread his wings a little bit, it just didn't happen for one reason or another. And you just got to hope, I suppose, in a worst-case scenario, he continues to be snake bit in ways like that. But I get the feeling it was just a little bit of bad luck. And um, 
you know, it won't befall him again the way it did last season. Also, in a worst-case scenario, I think Capocacco maybe just fails to take advantage of playing with Artemi Panarin. And I think that naturally, I mean, no matter who Kako plays with this upcoming season, I think he's going to do better uh, as far as points per game is concerned. But in a worst-case scenario, maybe, like I said, the improvement is just kind of modest and he doesn't light up the score sheet the way that you would expect somebody to play with Artemi Panarin would light up the score sheet. That's at least possible. We have to acknowledge the possibility. I don't think it'll happen, though. I still believe in Capo Caco long-term, which leads us into some of the best-case scenarios for Capo Caco. First and foremost, he's simply more comfortable playing hockey in the NHL. Got to remember, he was only 18 years old last season, was living in the United States for the first time, and he also basically played hockey for about a year and a half straight without any real rest, without any real offseason. Now he has had that offseason, and he's going to go about four and a half months between the NHL hockey games. So hopefully he takes advantage of it. In a best-case scenario, he certainly will. The other thing that happens with Capo Caco in a best-case scenario is he becomes more willing to shoot the puck. And he got better with that as the season went on. And I don't want to just say that was a Capo Caco issue last season because that was a Ranger team-wide issue, at least in the first half of the season. Nobody wanted to shoot. Everybody wanted to set everybody else up for a goal. And that's great. It kind of indicates that it's a pretty tight-knit locker room, that these guys are friends. They want to set each other up for goals. That's fantastic. Nobody's selfish out there. But I think the Rangers were selfish to a fault, and certainly Capo Caco was kind of the poster child of that very issue because there were so many times last season, you know, Kako's a sniper. We want to see him shoot the puck. And there were chances where he would be in a high danger area and you're just waiting for him to let the puck fly. And instead, you know, he would pass to somebody that wasn't even in as good a position to score as he was when he made the pass. So, you know, again, that's a situation where Kako has definitely gotten better. He was more assertive as the season went on and was willing to shoot the puck more often than he was in the early parts of the season. You get where he's coming from, though, right? Obviously, he's 18 years old. He's in this Ranger locker room. Everybody here is 5, 10, 15 years older than me. All these guys, or at least some of them, are established NHL players. Some of them are established NHL superstars. I want to try to set them up for some goals. I want to I want to make some nice passes here and put it on a tee for them and let them light the lamp and let them get all the glory. Uh, certainly... He's 18 years old. You get where he's coming from. But I think, you know, as time went on, again, we've heard about how tight-knit the Ranger locker room is. Hopefully, Capo Caco has come to understand, and I think he has, but hopefully he has come to understand that the Ranger players want him to succeed. And if he can do that by shooting and putting the puck in the net that way, that's fine. Nobody's going to get upset with him for shooting the puck, putting the puck on net, especially when he's got what looks to be a pretty good opportunity. Nobody's going to have any issue with that. So, yeah, hopefully, in a best-case scenario, Capo Caco far more willing to shoot the puck this season than he was in his first season. And again, in a best-case scenario, we talked about this just a second ago, but he's got to take advantage of playing with Artemi Panarin. If Panarin can get a career season out of Ryan Strom, who up until last season, again, was a third-line center, a journeyman-type player, if he can get a career season out of Ryan Strom and also a career season out of Jesper Foss, a defensive forward, then there's no reason why someone like Capo Caco shouldn't get a heck of a boost from playing with the Breadman, and I think that will happen. I don't see any way possible that it could not happen. I mean, if you're out there with Artemi Panarin, by default, your numbers are going to go up. So look forward to seeing that happen. I look for a really nice sophomore season from Capo Caco coming up, and uh, in a best-case scenario, he definitely takes advantage of playing with Artemi Panarin. And then one last thing I want to do here before we call it a day is talk a little bit about the upcoming World Juniors. We had a pair of warm-up games yesterday, and it was highlighted by the United States taking a 3-2 win against Finland. I saw a lot of positive signs for the United States in this game, and I will be honest here, I didn't pick up the game until about midway through the second period, but then this afternoon on the NHL Network, they uh, rebroadcasted the game, so I saw a lot of what I missed uh, this afternoon. So I saw pretty much the whole game just in kind of an odd order. But from what I saw last night, I thought there were a lot of good signs. You know, the 
United States, I almost said Rangers there. I almost said Rangers. That's going to be a really hard habit to break here. But the United States, I just thought they played a really sound defensive game. There were very few scoring opportunities for Finland in the second half of that contest, despite the United States hanging on to just a one-goal lead the entire time. There was also, I thought, very good, very crisp passing from the United States players. That's especially impressive when you consider that these guys, they're not typically teammates. So for them to have that kind of chemistry and set each other up for some good looks, some good scoring opportunities, that's very impressive as well. I thought the power play looked dangerous, at least the one that I saw last night. And there was just a total lack of scoring opportunities for Finland down the stretch in this game. I would say in the second half of this game, if you take the 10 best scoring opportunities, I think at least nine of them belong to the United States, maybe all 10. I mean, it was really that dominant. The rink was completely tilted. It felt like at least three quarters of the game was being played on Finland's side of the rink. And again, these are all just very positive signs going into this tournament. You got to figure this United States team is going to be very hungry this season because last tournament, last year, they ended up losing to Finland 1-0 in the quarterfinals. Very disappointing. It was the first time since 2015 that United States had not won a medal at the competition. And so you got to figure they're going to be hungry. And on top of that, they got eight players who are back from last season. That seems like a lot. And those eight players, you got to figure a one nothing loss against Finland in the quarterfinals last season, nothing against Finland. But I'm sure that United States team and those eight players expected to do better than a quarterfinal loss. Their tournament ended quite a bit earlier than they thought it was going to. So you got to figure they're looking for some redemption. And like I said, just a very sharp performance from the United States team last night. Uh, Cole Caulfield scored twice in 35 seconds. And then as far as the Rangers go, there's two Rangers on the team. Brett Berard was out there. He was a fifth round selection by the Rangers this year. He went number 134 overall. He's a left winger. The announcers were very impressed by what they saw from Brett Berard last night. And like I said, I only saw the second half of the game when it was happening live last night. And then today, you know, I had my day job, so I was kind of looking, but not always completely locked in. Saw as much of it as I possibly could. Uh, I'll do better when the actual tournament begins. But it does sound like Brett Berard turned a few heads last night. And then also Hunter Skinner, big defenseman for the Rangers. He stands six foot three, 190 pounds. The Rangers took him in the fourth round of the 2019 NHL draft. He went number 112 overall. And I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what Skinner and Borg can do for Team USA, just like I'm looking forward to seeing what all the Ranger prospects can do for their respective teams. It's going to be a lot of fun this tournament. Think of it as the appetizer before the main course, because the main course is the start of the New York Rangers season. This is the appetizer. It's great to see some hockey again, and uh, definitely looking forward to seeing what these Ranger prospects can do on this global stage here. But that's going to do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely make sure to check out the latest edition of Locked On Bets. The holidays are about giving, so I'm giving you a hot tip that could earn you some extra cash. The new Locked On Bets podcast is hosted by Lee Sterling of ParamountSports.com. Lee is red hot to start the season, and he shares a lock of the day on every episode. Subscribe to Locked On Bets today wherever you get your podcasts. But like I said, that's it for today, guys. Thanks again. I'll see you next time.